Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flops Podcast. I'm your host, Angelique Gay. This is part of a series called Creative Couples, where I chat with couples about their relationship, their love story, their new creative projects, and I do all of this because I want to celebrate romance and real partnership. I am so excited to be chatting with actress Georgina Riley and actor, writer, director Mark O'Brien. These two are not only married in real life, but they play a couple on City on a Hill, which was produced by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. We get into their experience working on City on a Hill, which stars Kevin Bacon and Aldous Hodge. I personally fell for Georgina when I saw her on Baker and the Beauty. I started watching it as quote-unquote research and got completely sucked in. I'm not at all surprised it was number one on Netflix. You've also seen Mark O'Brien in Marriage Stories, starring Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver, and we get into what it was like on that set. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and be warned, anything can happen with these two. Is something getting opened? Is that someone opening? Mark, are you opening a bag of chips? No, I just moved something. It, just sounded, <laughs> it sounded weird. That'd be awesome if you just sat there crunching. The <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just moving something aside as I sit down. Oh, yeah, just, just popping bubbles over here. <laughs> Um, so yeah so just want to celebrate real partnerships and remember romance and you two have this old hollywood vibe about you you know (laughs) so many of your photos together they're so beautiful and you georgina just have this whole vivian lee thing going on i'm sure you hear it all the time but it just it's just it's wonderful oh wow well thank you that's so that's so nice well mark i have to say so there I am sitting innocently watching Marriage Story with this little actress called Scarlett Johansson and <laughs> this nobody called Adam Driver. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, you walk in and I, I okay, so you know how the Habs fan, like they can't watch it sitting down. Yeah. I leaped off my couch and I was like, oh my God, there's oh, my that's friend. So cool. This is so exciting. Uh, yeah, so I, I was like, the surprise ending of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. Twist, yeah. So I'm dying to know what it was like to work with all of those people, but I don't want to take over the whole podcast. So I'll just say congratulations. Thank um, you so much. In that role, you did such a beautiful job. And just seeing you as kind of this debonair fellow that that kind of ends the movie. And then cra- this crazy thing happened where I was at Pastis in New York with a friend and Jill Hennessy was there. Oh, wow. Oh. And I ended up going to talk to her. And her husband, they they were like a party table. I couldn't stay away. So I went up and I ended up having a few glasses of wine with her and her husband. And she's like, I said, so what are you doing now? And she says, oh, I'm doing this little show with Kevin Bacon. You should watch it. And I said, okay. And then I turned on City on the Hill. And boom, there you are again as this (laughs) uh, bleep disturber. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just such a different character. So it's just so exciting to have seen you in both of those roles. So, and then I was watching you last night on it, Georgina, and you just have such a beautiful, soulful presence. So would you like to both talk about your experience on City on a Hill? Sure. Well, it was so exciting. Georgina and I think about this a lot. Like we don't kind of, like as actors, I think we talk every day about acting so much, obviously. We both, you know, live and breathe it a lot and, and movies and all that kind of thing. But we also are like, what kind of roles will we like to play? Because as an actor, you're given such little choice in the matter. Like, here's an audition or here's an offer or here's whatever. And sometimes it's nice to just kind of just create it for yourself in your head and put it out there in the universe and you never know what's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, who cares? At least you got to think about it and have fun with it for a bit. And I think anytime you can kind of think about those things and put them out there, you're still kind of creating in a weird way. I know that might sound a little bit like uh, artsy-fartsy, but it, it kind of is like that. And I wanted to play a character just like that, like all specifically like Jimmy Ryan. So it's kind of funny how it came around. I'm not saying I made it happen, but it was just a dream come true. No, but I um, believe in that. I believe in, you know, having visions and then somehow if you want it bad enough and take all the right steps, the universe kind of hands you these things. Well, I'll tell you what. I was doing a show called The Last Tycoon for Amazon, which I love. Billy Ray created it, who I'm a huge fan of as a human being, as an artist. And I really liked the show very much. It was Kelsey Grammer, Lily Collins. And, and, I, and I really liked it. And we all got along very well. And uh, as I was, I was shooting a movie somewhere else and I had dinner with a friend who told me he had auditioned for Aldous Hodges' part in City on a Hill. He just said, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are producing it. It's this really cool show. And he said, there's a part in there you'd be really cool for. He's an actor buddy of mine. He's not like a producer or anything. I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm doing this show, Last Tycoon. We're going to hear any week if we're picked 
up or not. And the show City on a Hill pilot was shooting in like a couple weeks or a month or whatever. So I was like, oh man, that sounds like it would have been cool. Oh well. And then I forgot about it. And then I find out a couple weeks later that The Last Tycoon has been canceled, which I was obviously very disappointed by and all that kind of stuff. And then about a week later, they pushed shooting City on a Hill. And in fact, they'd actually even changed casting directors. So it was kind of a bit in flux of when they were going to shoot and who they were casting. And they already had three guys apparently for that part. And I wasn't one of them because I was unavailable. And who knows if I would have been one of them anyway. And it just worked out that then they saw me and then I got the part. So it was kind of like, whoa, a lot has kind of moved for that. And then we shot the pilot in Boston, end of 2017 and 2018. Then it got picked up. And then we shot in New York. And so the family moved, me and Georgina and Penelope, the cat, Louie, everybody. (laughs) We all moved. And then uh, a few episodes in, Georgina, a role comes up for her. And Georgina, you can take it from there. Yeah, well, we actually, I will say, Mark and I had just had the baby when we were waiting to hear if Mark had gotten City on a Hill. Oh, yeah, right, right. Just having a baby is such a crazy time. And your hormones are just like, you know, everything's very emotional. and new and you're like oh my god and um i remember mark got the call that he had booked it and we both just broke down that day you were actually breastfeeding at the time <laughs> <laughs> i was i was like sitting on the couch just like you know in full post-birth mode i think it was only what a couple of weeks maybe a week a couple of weeks not Something even like because yeah. we left for canada when she was at three weeks old so yes it must have been before then yeah and i remember he got the call and i was just i was breastfeeding and we just kind of bawled because it's just there's just so much going on but you're also like such a big job and he wanted it so badly and it was a great role and it was just you know um every role i don't think you ever lose that feeling which is really nice we still get so excited for every booking and and it's a wonderful feeling because it feels anew each time but it's also like when you get a role that's like you get this really flex your muscles a bit more like you're like there's so much going on this is such a fun one to do so there was so much kind of riding on it and then yeah that day i remember we just kind of like broke down and then but then when we got to new york it was so funny because georgina's role became a lot bigger than we even knew at the beginning well yeah we didn't know well i just moved to new york because i wanted us all to stay together as a family and new york that's great and penelope had just turned one that past november right had she even turned one she was one, but remember we didn't sleep. Remember we weren't yes, we like we were sleeping sleep. like three hours a night for whatever reason. It wasn't even Penelope. We just could it not. It was sleep. New York. I find <laughs> New York is just like on. Too, it's too exciting. Energy. I know. I have, I can't I can't sleep there either for more than yeah. five hours. We were yeah, crazy. You can't. We were crazy. So then I thought <laughs> I get this audition and I'm like oh, and then I read it and I'm like oh, it's for City on a Hill and I was like oh, and I said to Mark I was like okay, so I like go to the I actually go in person because it was in New York and obviously and I go in and then I get a note and I do a call back and the creator knew I was married to Mark but the producers didn't and I just was like I'm not going to talk about this because I feel I'll be really embarrassed if I don't get it because all my scenes were going to be with Mark (laughs) so I was like okay and then it was just really nice and I think Mark you Jennifer Todd told you that she didn't know Jennifer Todd didn't and I and Kevin I I think Bacon didn't know as well because Kevin's one of the producers as well so they were all kind of like oh my god (laughs) that worked out pretty well yeah it's so cool how it was. But remember at the time, Georgina were both shooting on the show. And we didn't, we were in New York. We had a couple friends, but we didn't really have a babysitter. And our really good friend, Keely Hutton, who was actually my brother-in-law's, like as in my sister's husband's sister, who I've known for 20 years. And she used to take care of Penelope for us. And she's an actress as well. And when she was free, she does out so much. But there was one day where shooting, there was like um, a problem shooting, like it was a, something wrong with the schedule or the location or something like that, where they couldn't shoot the scene. And so they pulled up a scene, meaning a scene that wasn't supposed well, to be Well, I day. wasn't, I was in by myself that day. Yes, I wasn't with you. Yourself. You were taking care of Penelope. Yeah. And then we get a call being like, we're going to pull up a scene with with me and Kevin for that day that we were supposed to shoot in like a couple days. And I was like, oh, it was a pretty big scene too. And I was like, well, I have, and I told the AD on the phone, I was like, I have Penelope. I And Georgina's on set. Like, so I had to bring Penelope, get the car seat. They picked me up. I had to bring Penelope to set. <laughs> And then we had to cross over. So I couldn't go to set. I had to wait with Penelope in the trailer (laughs) (laughs) one or something until Georgina was completely wrapped so that she could come. And then I went to shoot. And it was crazy. And at that time, too, it was a two-bedroom we had. And I had to sleep in another room because the the beds weren't very big enough for three of us. So Georgina... Yeah, we were big co-sleepers. We were big (laughs) co-sleepers. And remember the bed you were in? The bed Georgina was in used to collapse. (laughs) used to collapse every second night. And so, like, Thursday, they'd be like... (laughs) And it would crash. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was, and I, my friend, I became, what's actually really nice too, is I actually met one of my best friends during that time. Now, Dana Berger who's also an actress who also would come to set with me. And it was so fun. I was still breastfeeding at that time. I went long with that. And so Penelope would come to set with me and I'd feed and then I'd leave her in the room. And she had a great time distracting like everybody, especially if we were on the stages, cause she'd be in the studio. And so she'd be around like all the hair and makeup, but it was lovely. Cause it was my first, we did a movie together when she was four months old. That was my first job back after having her, she was four months. And Mark and I did goalie together in minus 18 in Sudbury. <laughs> and that was really cool. But City on a Hill was then my next, I kind of had that time with Penelope and that was my next job. And I think as, you know, as a mom, you're like, oh, I want to work and you miss your, your things. But it really timed out really well that I had so much time with her. I got to work with Mark as my first jobs because the understanding or having someone to talk to about like, okay, she's fine. But like, you know, cause leaving her with people mm -hmm. and getting used to that. It was just nice that the person I was with was feeling the same things and could also it was really I mean you don't get to work you don't always get to work with your partner it doesn't work out that way especially you know it's not always the right you're not right for the roles so we've been very lucky we've done but, it a lot but also too it worked out on those two jobs that like Penelope yes she's very young she's you know she's very bright and as, as kids are and she she got to experience our world a little bit, which I think was helpful instead of just being like, daddy and mom, mommy's going to go act today and daddy's going like, she doesn't know what she wouldn't know what that is really. But she came to set. She's hanging out at the studio with us in Brooklyn when we were shooting City on a Hill. She came like a dozen times where she'd hang out there, like at the studio next to our dressing rooms. And we kind of come back from scenes and play with her. So she's been in trailers so often on set. So she understands our life, which I think is so important. So yeah. even now I'm shooting a series in Chicago. We're in LA. I have, a, I'm home for four days for eight months so she understands like daddy's going to work he's acting and and even mm -hmm. to the degree that when we were actually in new york for season two of city on hill we had a little setup space which had like a light and like a chair in front of it for like auditions and one day like we came out into the living room and penelope was sitting in the chair and pretending she was like doing an audition <laughs> yeah. we're like yeah i guess I she understands <laughs> but she's not wow. interested in it really like she doesn't no. she likes i i've had her in a couple of my tapes when there's been a kid in the scene i've used her i've just had her there and like yeah it's really cool because when we do auditions at home and she needs to be quiet she's just really a, we're a team and what i like like what you were talking about like we really are a team of equals and i remember when we first had penelope i was like well she comes first now you know tomorrow i'm in my like you know post i was like ah oh, this is stressful and then mark's <laughs> like no you know he said something really smart that we've really kept in which was we all come first at different times it just depends what is more important at that moment if I have a big interview or an audition or you do or Penelope really needs something obviously a kid naturally comes first a lot because they have a lot of needs that they can't help themselves and obviously we don't not take care of her first but it was just a really good perspective to have so that we didn't lose there's a lot of you know that idea that goes around of like you really lose yourself and it's really important that it's not a losing it's just an expansion of you as a group and as a team and that you that really helped me at that time because it made me realize it's okay that right now I'm the one who needs to go sleep or go work on something and Mark we've just really shared the load and as much as we're away from each other when Mark is home and we're together we really do a lot of it with Penelope we really share it a lot yeah and I think that's important how did you two meet we met on a set. I know of you met. I know you met on set, but we didn't okay. meet on set. Actually, that's not true. We met on uh, the, at the bar okay. of the Duke of Duckworth, which was when we did Republic okay. of Doyle. So sorry. So what I want to hear is I want to hear the feeling that you felt when you saw each other. Well, I'll tell you. I saw Georgina first. I was at yeah, Alan Mark Hawko's is sneaky. place, <laughs> and he and it's the only time in six seasons that he happened to. He had, there was no reason for him to do this. I, I was over at his place. We're having a couple glasses of wine, just chatting like a school night and he was looking at some auditions for one of the roles for a guest star and he was just like what do you think never did this other any ever happen in the series other than this day and i saw georgina and i was like whoa <laughs> i was like she's really good i was like you should get her and i just obviously it was very so i was ordered i'm yeah. a mail order bride said <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i was like she's i thought she was just uh, really good i was like and that's attractive in its own way too i was just like well she's really good and like you know she's beautiful and then i was at the duke of duckworth and i saw her and, to be honest to be really sappy about it when we saw each other i think it was kind of like hey hey like yeah. there you've been um yeah Aww. it was yeah. it was like that uh, for me what had happened was apparently someone had dropped out of this role and I got the sides at 10 o'clock at night. And then I did, I had to go in and do the audition the next morning at 11 and whoever got that part was going to get on a plane and just be 
gone like pretty quickly. I went in and everybody in the city, cause you kind of know everyone in the community in Toronto when you audition and stuff and you see everyone. And I go in, I'm like, great, that's done. And then I get the call and I have to get on a plane that afternoon. And the next night, yeah, I landed. No, I landed that morning. And then that night everyone was like, everyone goes to the Duke. So that's where everyone goes. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And for me going to Newfoundland was so cool. Cause I grew up in England. My mom's from Wales and Newfoundland was the closest place that I had seen that was like home. I mean, I lived in England until I was 16. It's still the longest place I've lived in my life. Right. Mark, math-wise, that makes yes, sense. Yeah, that's um, I'm not good at math. It's also why I had to marry Mark because he's very good at math. Um, <laughs> it, honestly, I would be. It would be. It would be very bad for my life right now. No, I have nightmares um, about what it would be like for you. It, 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 like I can't. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. Um, yeah, and then I went to the bar that night, and yeah, it was just very like, oh, hey. How have you been? <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, yes, it was very like, but it was kind of, it was actually calming is how yeah, it felt. Yeah, it was calming. It wasn't, and, and, you know, you get all these ideas of love and like it being so dramatic and all these things that you think is what love is. And then I read a quote once, I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was sort of like, not that real love is boring because that sounds bad, but I mean, as in like, it did say that in the quote, but it was more like, it's this safe, calm, not full of all this crazy. And it's like, I have a lot of admiration for Mark as a person. Like he's my best friend. He's not, he's my husband. And obviously all that comes with that, but it's, it's just different. It's like, I like doing everything with him and we kind of, yeah, it's just, it's always been fun and look, no relationship's perfect. Everybody works on things and we're still different people that have to navigate things that we need, but we're both big talkers. So I think it kind of just <laughs> We are, but it's like, and our daughter has taken that on. Uh, I think it's also like, it was just like when we saw each other though, it was like, uh, we just didn't want to be away from each other. I was just like, yeah, Aww. I just wanted to be around you. Like all the time. Like we what have never, you? we have never, sorry, I, I'll just end it off with this. Of course. We have never, ever been in the, uh, like wherever we live together, unless one of us had plans some evening, we have never gone to bed at separate times. Ever. Yeah. Wow. Ever. We're not Except in... if it's like, oh, I'm going out with friends that night and one of us gets tired, obviously. And... But if we're both home together, we always, if one's going to, we never would. Uh, that's so bizarre to us. I've heard that's one people. of the characteristics to keep oh, a, really? a marriage healthy is, oh, wow. is having similar bedtimes. Yeah, I read that once. Yeah, so, not yeah. once. Yeah. I don't think we ever have in 10 years. I love that. And the, the pandemic was the first time, though, that we have ever spent that long together in our entire relationship because we've always been apart. Like, even when we met, like, Mark would be gone for six months on a shoot, and then I'd be gone. I was shooting in Toronto. He was in Newfoundland. And so we would, so the pandemic was really our first time of getting more of a routine and in life, especially with a kid, it was actually very good for us in yeah. that way, as well as all the other stuff. But yeah, that was the longest and we made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite characteristic about the other person? Oh, wow. Oh. You know what my answer is. Uh, uh, I love Georgina's, her spirit, like her, her zest for life. Like Georgina's just so positive and just like figuring things out and just goes with the flow and enjoys things and like doesn't get hampered down by stuff like that's what i liked about it right away i love ambition i find it very attractive and i love like a get up and go attitude and like laziness and kind of like that kind of uh, people who don't have a lot of life to them i don't find personally very uh, appealing you know what i mean obviously if someone's <laughs> ill it's a bit different but like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I really like people who, like, you have the flu. We're not friends anymore. Um, it's like, like, but like, I love that. Georgina just has so much life to her. And I just, I think it's, it's infectious and I, I need it. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Um, oh my gosh. I would guess I would say your passion for what you love. Like Mark is very disciplined, which is actually very inspiring. He's made me, cause I can go with the flow a little too much. Like if somebody calls me and they're like, Hey, you want to do this? And I'm supposed to have done like five other things. I'm like, sure. And that is a great <laughs> quality. Like Mark is saying, thank you very much on one hand, but then there is also, you need the balance of like, I can't do that right now. I have to like finish what I started. And Mark has a lot of that, but he has a lot of passion for the things that he really loves and it's very specific like mark doesn't have how do i say this honey like you love i love like, the things i love so much i don't have room for many others <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like movies and filmmaking and then me not and then me we i think we come first uh penelope and i and and work and hockey and the hat like but i love it because it's like what he loves he loves so 
he puts everything into it that he has. And that's what makes it so those things so great. If he's going to do something, he really does it. And that's actually really been inspiring for me because we're in the same job, which some people can, I know I've had some people like, oh, you date an actor. Like, how do you do it? Or thank God I'm not dating an actor because I'm an actor, you know, which I've had. And, and Mark's my first actor actually that I've ever dated. And Look, I'll say being in the same industry can be tricky to navigate because you both hit similar problems and then you can kind of get a little bogged down by them together because you're both up against it. But I think that's a minor problem compared to the, like, all the positives of like, we can do all our auditions together. And when we talk about the industry all day, the other person isn't really sick of it necessarily because we have our own, uh, we have both have opinions on it and we just really share the industry aspect together. And we actually, it's kind of cool too, because we kind of have different purposes with, of, with why we do our art. And that's kind of interesting too. And we yeah, are both... I think everyone has a different reason for being an artist. I obviously, well, for me, I just, I love it. And it's really, really fun. And I don't think you always have to have a really heavy reason to do something. But I, I, I am a person who I really do try, like if I'm going to be in a space or go somewhere, I'd like to leave it better. And I'd like all my art to do that too, to a certain degree. I'd like to leave something for people to think about or be happier about. Or, you know, there, when I watched movies, it was nice to see like true love and things like that. Cause I was like, you can, if, if somebody wrote it and they created it, it is possible to have something. So when I look at the positive work that I've done, I think that's cool. Cause I want people to think I could have a best friend like that. Like somebody who's really there for me and to not settle in life. Art should give you something that makes you kind of reflect and be like, okay, how could I make something better for me? Or I don't have someone like that. I'm obviously missing those qualities or whatever. And then obviously the heavier, darker things are like helping people see like, you know, maybe this isn't the best way to be living or to let people feel like, okay, other people go through struggles too. And I'm not alone. I'm not a weirdo that I think these things too, because I saw it in a movie. So obviously there's other people out there like me or but you always thing. say you, you like what you do because you want to make people happier. Like yeah, that's I do like to do that. Yeah. And you can do that in, but I don't think that it means that I only want to do comedy, for example, that's all I'm trying to say. Oh, um, right, yeah. 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 Whereas Mark, obviously, I mean, you, I can't, I'm not going to speak for you. But. For me, I, I, the main reason that I do what I do, obviously same thing. I love it is that I love the idea of being able to make people think through art because it's so hard. You can tell someone something all day. Like, you know, when you have a friend who's upset and you're like, here's your problem, man. Here's what you got to do. They just don't hear it. Right. They're like, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but. But when you can look at or listen to or be influenced by a piece of art and it makes you think something you never thought before, I think that's like that's incomparable to anything else because you weren't told it. Your mind went to a place that you started thinking something. And that's why I love a movie that everyone takes away something different. Those are my favorite films. Power that is endless. Where it's like, I got out of that, that it's like, you know what I mean? I need to be better to my family. And the other person's like, I got out of that, that I can't hold secrets like that anymore. Like, I can't, I have to be honest with, like, you never know what you're going to get out of something. And that's why I'm, I'm, I can't get enough movies and I can't get enough books, like, because... I couldn't know it. No one could tell it to me. And the book and the movie is never telling you something. You very rarely walk away from a piece of art taking what it literally said to you. You normally take something, uh, a tangent of that thing, because you impinge your personal experience on it. Mm -hmm. And I love the projection of the audience to the art so much. Are you both readers? I'm, a, I'm an avid reader, yeah. I, I uh, normally read a fiction... And a nonfiction subject. Yeah, I'd say I like I like reading a lot about lots of different stuff. I'd say Mark's more of like a dis again a disciplined reader than I am. Yeah. I actually like I, I do like audiobooks too. If I'm because with a mm -hmm. kid, sometimes just sitting like when I have to do a bunch of things in the day, an audiobook is just an easier way for me to get it while I'm yeah. having to do a million other things. Yeah, I think we're readers in the same way of what we were just talking about. Like I'll be like I'm reading this book, then I'm reading that book right after it. And God damn it, I'm going to finish the book, even if I hate it. <laughs> Georgina will be like, I like this book. I'm just going to read it. I never saw it, heard of it before. <laughs> okay, here's a fun question. What is the last movie that you saw that you took something away from that was really profound and that you then had to have like a deep dive conversation with each other? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Go. Sorry. Go. <laughs> it, was, it was the one. It was the A Matter of Life and Death. Oh, yeah. It's uh, Powell and Pressburger. It's 1944 movie the, this great director's name pressburger and michael powell they used to make these great films together called one's called the red shoes life and death of colonel blimp and this great movie called a matter of life and death which is so profound it's, it's beautiful technicolor and it's 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 about a guy who he basically he was supposed to die and go up to heaven but they made a mistake and so he's still alive so they don't know what to do 
because he got lost in the London fog. So it's kind of this silly premise. But <laughs> what it's not year was this made? 1944. And it's, um, okay. and it's absolutely beautiful. beautiful. And yeah, we So what did you each take away from it? Uh, there's a character in it. I don't want to talk too much about it because people are going to watch it. But there's there's a doctor in it who is just this wonderful person. And I was like, how the ability, sometimes I can be impatient. <laughs> Mark didn't say anything. Um, <laughs> I, I can be impatient with making things better too quickly and not allowing others to just kind of go through their process with it a little bit. Cause I, I like to problem solve and I like to make things better, but I think any, you know, some good qualities can also become over corrected. <laughs> I guess it just gets a little like, I can relate to that. Yeah. I'm like, okay, good. I got it. You got that problem. Let's get, you know, I don't, you know, let's get to the thing. And it's a, not a bad thing, but you know, everybody has needs to take their time sometimes with processing something that's happened to them and it's relative to them. I'm on the outside and I can see the solution, but that's not fair. Right. So this character of the doctor, he just had a patience and an understanding with something that he could have easily just denied and been like, that's not true. And I don't believe you. And blah, blah, blah. Like most, like I think would have been the common reaction to the situation. And I won't, don't want to give away too much. And I just really admired him as a person. I was just like, what a good guy. I, I just really liked him. And I was very moved by the movie because it was obviously, it's a big grand concept. And they go through this whole legal thing that they have to prove something. Anyway, but his character really impacted me on that patience. When you're patient mm -hmm. and you let people work through it to a certain degree, you're going to get to the good part quicker than if you just try and force your own viewpoint onto it, I guess. I love I, that. And you, Mark, what did you I, get I think it was like, you know, it, it sometimes too, like a lot of things you take away from something is something that was, you've already felt, but it's been dormant for a little while. For me, it was just like the delicacy of life. It's so delicate and it's to be enjoyed. It's to be enjoyed. And, and no matter what's happening, like, you know what I mean? Like anything can happen to you, but it, it's to be enjoyed. That's why we're alive. We're alive. Why do we want to survive so much so that we can enjoy it? Otherwise, we wouldn't want to do it. And, you know, that happens. People don't. But it's that's why it's there. And, and I also think, too, that, like, there are a lot of gray areas in life. And I think especially today, everything is black and white. If you're this side of the politics, then that means you're this, 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 this. And if you're that side, that means you're that, 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 that. And if you live here, that means you're this, 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 this. And everybody's labeled. And I think there, we have to respect the gray areas in life. It's the only way to get along with one another is mm. to respect that you can't identify someone with something else because someone else said something or you read something once that someone liked that. Oh, you like the color blue. Then that means you were born in this year and that means you suck. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I think life is in the gray areas. Yeah. Where did you quarantine together? Were you in L.A. together? Yeah. Or New York? In L.A.? Yeah, L.A., yeah. We bought a yeah, house. Yeah, we got there. out of, we bought, we got out of New York on, it was March 13th. Mark was on wow. set. And he said, you know, I have a feeling that we're going to close down. Remember when everything was like, we'll give it two weeks. And yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I had an, yeah, we had it. We can laugh now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we hadn't been back to LA since the September. I was doing the, the Baker and the Beauty in Puerto Rico. I was flying from Toronto to Puerto Rico from September until February. And then Mark was in New Orleans and then he was in Newfoundland doing his movie. And then we flew to New York to do City on a Hill. And that day, March 13th, Mark called and was like, I'm going to get us on a flight on oh, March 12th. I'm going to get us on a flight the next day. You need to pack up. So I had to pack up eight suitcases, the cat and Penelope, because we had all our things from traveling so much. And we got it. It was so bizarre and weird feeling. And we just got on a plane and came home. And then, yeah, we were in L.A. the entire time. I did go to New York mid the pandemic in November to actually shoot my episode of City on a Hill, which was kind of bizarre, too. Yeah, but we did all of it in L.A. What meaning did you both take from the whole quarantine experience? Oh, I think it's like, for me, honestly, it's really hard because you know, we're talking about I'm very passionate to perhaps uh, an annoying point. <laughs> I wouldn't say fault because it's probably more specific than that. I just patience, uh, just patience. It's like what I was saying, like, you know, I mean, life is to be enjoyed and, and, and sometimes that requires patience and we can't all have everything now and and you know take things for granted when they should be taken for granted too it's like you know we were lucky like we didn't get sick and we were together and it could have been so much worse but specifically it was like just be patient just be patient and just we're here and it, things could be worse and mm. there are lots of things there's still lots of things to be enjoyed we're here together the three of us what else do we need that was a big thing for me Georgina for me I think I tried to take a positive of 
especially being an actor, you constantly feel like you're in the hustle and because you really have to create your own career a lot. Yes, you have a team, but every day your schedule is yours. You have, you're not going to an office where everything's laid out for you. You're sort of like, you have to get up in the morning and decide if you're going to work out and what are you going to watch and what are you going to work on today and really come up with sort of your full-time job yourself. And the hustle of it really, for me, other things used to fall by the wayside. And with this time where I feel like everybody was slowed down, I got to really areas in my life that weren't as strong as others I got to kind of finally get organized and get those things together so that when everything came back I'd be stronger than we started I didn't mm -hmm. I was like we got to take this and come out better on the other side while we have the time to to get these things together and those were simple things like Penelope's sleep and mm -hmm. yeah we handled <laughs> that big, finally yeah yeah and bigger things like I didn't have a lot of time to watch a lot of movies and Mark used to go to movies all the time he used to go out for movies and so it was really nice that Mark got to show me so many movies I hadn't seen and we watched a movie every single night and I, I think I became a better artist because I kind of fell into being an actor my family was in the industry I always knew I was going to be an artist but I didn't really study it a lot I kind of just kind of went for it and that was a good like again my like I'll just try this out but there is skill involved you have to learn and practice and so that was for me what I got out of it and so describe your transition into parenthood and what you've learned from your little one Georgina <laughs> what? You should Why am I? I don't know. There's a lot more there for you, I think. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Well, you know, I have a few friends who are actresses and uh, who are like, you know what? I want to have a baby, but I don't know. Like, you know, and, and I, I think you kind of know when you just got to do it. And for me, I just was like, I want to do this. And I'm not waiting to be in like my second season of a show, maybe when everyone will be cool with it. We live our life for this industry so much already that, um, what's that noise? Am I hearing something? Is it me? No. Something, I just did it. And she's three now, which is wild. And you really can do it. Yes, there's sacrifices along the way, but there's... I don't know, I've become more disciplined because of it because I don't have all day to just do whatever. It's like, okay, <laughs> I've got this hour or this 10 minutes and I got to get this thing done. And she has just brought so much perspective to our lives of like the joy of like living because they just find everything so joyful and, and it makes me just kind of slow down and be like, okay, like we can just do this right now and focus on this and not be thinking ahead always to the next thing because I feel like Mark and I are both a little like that because we like getting to the next thing. Um, I don't know if any of this is making sense. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, it was the first time in like 10 years that I stepped back from the industry being pregnant. I did notice there aren't a lot of roles for pregnant women. And I understand this on one side, but I was like, why can't the character just happen to be pregnant? I've always like, why does the storyline have to be written around the pregnancy? Why can't they just be pregnant? I understand continuity, but I was kind of like, wish there were more roles in mm -hmm. general for for pregnant like, why women. Why does it even need to be commented on? Why can't it just That's what like, I mean. She's pregnant. People are they pregnant. Didn't, they didn't yeah. talk about it. They were just like, yeah, she's Like she's Fargo, it was, if she hadn't been pregnant in that, it would have been not the same movie. It was such a huge yeah. part of that character, even though it wasn't about being pregnant. I just thought it was, it was so great. And that was the only thing I was like, what? There should be more of that. Um, Anyways, and I got to step back and then kind of come back into it with like, what do I really want to do? And what do I want to be a part of instead of being in the hamster wheel with mm -hmm. it as well? Yeah, I'm wondering if the idea of romance has changed for you now that you're parents. I don't think so. Even like to go back to that, that last question, just to meld them both together. I realized a lot and it's, it, you know, it sounds kind of cliche, but it's true. It's like, where are my priorities? Like, I love what I do so much and I need to provide. And, and so does Georgina. So but if I'm going to do the job, it's got to be worth it to be away. It has to be worth it because every actor will tell you this. There's nothing worse for an actor than when you get a job and your heart's not in it. You'd rather mm. be home on the couch. And all my actor friends feel the same way. They're like, I'd rather, I wish I didn't do it because your soul is in it. You're so passionate, so hard to get a job, so hard to be an actor and to make a living as an actor. You get the job and there's so much heart and soul and blood and sweat and tears in it. And then it's bad or you're dealing with a jerk. And it's just like, oh, I can't do it because it's sucking away all of the love I had. So if it's going to do that and I got a kid at home who I'm missing out on, I got to go home and see the kid. Like it's that's more important. And I think also, too, it's like even as an actor, just uh, in your day to day on set, I'm not precious about uh, about it anymore. I care so much and I will I'll die for the scene. 
and for the movie, whatever is required. But I don't need to spend all day being like, I can't figure it out. And I think it's because, and this wasn't a conscious thing, it's because I'm used to dealing with running around and chasing a kid around all day. And we don't have a nanny down here. We don't have any family in LA. So it's all us. So when we get an audition, me and Georgina can learn a 10-page audition in 10 minutes. Not because we're great (laughs) actors, because we don't have a choice. So same thing when you go to set. You're just like, okay, boom, boom, boom. I I know what we got to do. I'm not saying that we're perfect at it, but you're comfortable enough to not harp on it and to get too much in your own to in your head yeah yeah it's definitely been yeah and romance wise i mean our friend jonas chernick actually told mark that when they had a kid they still always went on a date once a week yeah and mark is always mark kind of organizes those things more and we always have gone on like from the age she was what three months old when we probably had our yeah like, so. my, uh, yeah, three months old, maybe earlier because my mom was with us for a little bit. But once we got our babysitter, our lovely friend Natalie uh, would help us out. And we would go every week, no fail. We would have a date because it was just like, if you wait too long to get those things back in, it gets harder to do them. We kept that from the beginning so that we had our time together. To How like... did you do that during quarantine? What did you do? Oh, well, quarantine. Well, that was that a whole was other a thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what we did? No, we waited until Penelope went to bed every night until. Well, I didn't start cooking dinner until she went to bed because that was our time. Okay. And so we'd put on like some Billy Holiday or whatever and I'd start cooking and we'd have a chat. Then we'd have a meal. And I'd be texting from the room being like, she's almost out. And so he would know. Because I'd have like, everything you know. chopped up and then I'd be like, and now we're going to watch a movie together. And, it, you know, our discipline's pretty strong anyway. Then it was like 9.30, we're in bed. And that's kind of how we did it. So it was kind of a nice little date night every night. And every night it was like, what's for dinner tonight? And and I love cooking. So it was like, oh, I'll try something new. And, and we still, it was, it was like a date every night. And I, I yeah. think our romance is there every much, <laughs> I hope you agree, honey, since, uh, <laughs> since nothing's changed for me in that respect. So most of us have been locked up in our, at least our neighborhoods for a year and a half. You two have obviously very glamorous moments in your life. So can you, for those of us who have kind of been living Groundhog Day, describe the most glamorous night that you have spent together, either on a red carpet or a Hollywood party? Just take us through a little dream. Huh. It's the Elton John Oscar party was kind of cool. We went to... I was pregnant and, and wanted to go home. I know, but it was still cool. <laughs> like I was in a rival, it was up for best picture, and we had. Oh right, sorry. That was kind of that was kind of glamorous. Um, no, that was that was glamorous. I'm sorry. I was just thinking about how I felt that night when I we found out I was pregnant then and that day, yeah, the that's day of the Oscars. Day. Yeah, yeah, it was a big. That was really that was really okay. Fun. That's a cool day. Walk us through that day. Oh my god, I remember waking uh, up and Georgina was standing above me. And she was just like, I'm pregnant. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then I think I went to a couple Oscar booths and stuff like that. They have set up where you go and you get pictures and they give you these random gifts and stuff like that, which is really cool. You came home with a hockey bag of just Yeah, a hockey stuff. bag full of stuff because I went to so many things. And then we got all dolled up. And, oh my God, I can't even remember. Did, didn't we go watch it at a... We went to the Amazon. So the Am- Amazon had, like, a special screening in there. Was it Amazon? Yeah, it was Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because Manchester by the Sea won, and that they were all really, that was an Amazon movie, right? That's right. Yeah. So we went there for the Oscar screen with like all the, like it was Amazon's party. So it was pretty, it was pretty fancy. And that was really cool. And we ran into a friend of ours, brother was there. So we hung out with him the whole night. And then we went to the Elton John party. And it was just mm-hmm. massive. That party's so huge. They have all yeah. these tents over on, uh, I think it's on La Cienega. It's like, and it's massive, 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 massive. And, uh, and you know, everybody's there. And you're just kind of like, we're walking around. <laughs> we're like, what do we do? But we were also like so tired because <laughs> we just like, you know, there was a lot of emotions that day and everything. And then we just went home. <laughs> we went home kind of early. <laughs> Which is kind of us it's though. A- like, we're always kind of like, oh, let's go home go to bed. I'm tired now. <laughs> Yeah, you get into trouble. I taught Mark that when we first started dating. I was like, nothing good happens past a certain point. You know what I mean? Like, you just got to get out when you've reached the peak because it's only just a slow burn down after that. We've had a couple good ones, too. The last Tycoon premiere was cool because the after party was at Chateau Marmont and they had it done up like the 1930s Hollywood. That was really good. And I was was very pregnant then. Yeah, that was a really, really cool night. Yeah, and and Chateau Marmont is so amazing, but it was also 30s Hollywood. Everything, the server the music wow. the, yeah the, yeah it was that was a pretty special and they had this beautiful classic car out front and oh, um, yeah, yeah. i 
I loved being pregnant on red carpets because then I wasn't really worried about how my dress fit. Bumps are cute <laughs> and it's just kind of like, yeah. And then the other one would be City on a Hill. That night was really wonderful too because it was the premiere and then the party was at the top of this gorgeous hotel in New York with a beautiful picture of the skyline and that was very classic Hollywood feel too and obviously we were both on the show and that was... We've had, we've been very lucky. We've had so many wonderful adventures. Yeah. Can you tell me what it was like to work with Kevin Bacon? Kevin is just a terror. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> he is a, he's the most He's pro. the opposite of that, I would say. It seems, yeah, he is the most, he's the coolest dude. As in, he's just so cool. He's so chill. But, and I know this sounds silly because he's been famous for 35 years, but he is just so pro. The way he conducts himself is just right. It's so someone to look up to because he handles himself in a very calm manner, nice to everyone, really funny, treats everyone the same, stays in contact with everyone. I've sent him scripts to see what he thought. He reads them, gets back to you. Like, Incredible. he's just such a, a, a wonderful mm -hmm. guy. And he, I, I made my first feature last year and I sent it to Kevin. I was just like, look, I, I respect you so much. I just, I, had, I got excited. I wanted to send it to you. Like, I'm not asking for anything. I just was excited. I look up to you. And he watched it like two days later, he wrote me back and was like, really nice email and everything. And I'm just like, he doesn't need to do that. He doesn't need to do that at all. He could write back and just say, I'm busy. And I'd be like, totally understand. It's things like that. He just does it because he's just a good guy. Mm -hmm. And he does it without ceremony. That's what I like. That's what I mean by cool. It's not pomp and circumstance with it. It's just, that's just who he is. I couldn't say enough good things about him. And as an actor too, my God, and a scene partner. I've never seen him mess up a line. I've never seen him mess up anything. He's You're all so incredible on the show. Honestly, oh, the thanks. performances are incredible. You were amazing. Your character just, it's like a whirlwind of terror ruining every <laughs> scene. I get so mad at your character. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. had a weird crush on his character. I, I <laughs> no, like, he's very would be like, you like this character? I was like, kind of, yeah. <laughs> so weird. What was it like to play that kind of part? How did you get into that mindset? <laughs> you know what? I really like that when you're playing someone like that, who's kind of obviously has some addiction issues and criminal and everything. My first thought was to make it something not different, but make it my own was he's so fly off the handle. So his emotions are bubbling on the surface all the time. He doesn't really hide that much. That I, I think there's a vulnerability there too that he would equally not be able to hide. Mm. Because if he so can't really keep it together, why would he be able to keep his emotions in check? And so that's why I wanted to add a, a layer of vulnerability. You've definitely felt the vulnerability. Yeah. And, it, and it, I it just would thought... skip from vulnerability to then you'd kind of come up with, this is what it looked like for me, is then, oh, then you'd have a plan of attack that whether it was a good idea or not, it was just about, okay, I figured out what I'm going to do and I'm just going to do it. Yeah, it's pure survival. And it's pure, pure survival. survival. And, and, and I thought that that yeah. was really interesting. And it was really nice to play a role where they're just constantly moving, both physically and, and mentally. Mm -hmm. It's like he's moving kind of constantly. So you can kind of almost do anything. So a scene where you're just kind of listening even is, is really interesting to play because he's capable of doing anything. And that was actually really freeing. Like, that was really liberating for an actor to have. I loved that role so much. It just, some roles just hit. Like, they just make sense for you in your head. You're just like... And you know, I've done that before, and it, and maybe it's not so good. But it just, either way, it just clicked for me. And, and I understood his voice, too. Like, it just kind of all just kind of clicked in a, in a weird way. And for, that's not to say for better or worse, I don't know. But either way, it felt comfortable. It felt like you got to fly. It felt really exciting to watch. Oh, and then yeah, yeah it no, it was really, really amazing. And I think Kevin Bacon is incredible in it too. I mean, he's oh, always yeah. been an amazing actor, but I saw him in a whole new light. I just want to talk about Baker and the Beauty, which became oh, number sure. one on Netflix at one point. So can you tell us yeah. a little bit about what it was like on set? And then Mark will talk about the Righteous and Blue Bayou. Sure. Oh, cool. Yeah, this job came around. They wanted to hire East Coast, and I was like, well, I guess it'd be easier for me to have Penelope with my parents in Toronto. They live in Port Perry, like way out, so it's beautiful and lots of space. Yeah. So I would fly from Toronto to Puerto Rico on and off for the, yeah, from September to February. And it was, it was wonderful. Like, you know, it was my first kind of longer stints away from her. The longest I probably did was like a couple of weeks or we can have it. And Mark was in New Orleans at the time doing Blue Bayou. So it was great. It, you know, it's such a, a beautiful place and the food is amazing and the culture and the people and it's warm and it's fun. And I made some great friends. Dan Bukatinsky and I became, you I'm know, obsessed with him. He's one of my favorite. Did you have so much fun working with him? Yeah, me and him were very like he was my person. Like we would go finding. We he just seems go like searching. the nicest, funniest person. 
He's so funny and <laughs> just the most, I mean, Mark's met him a handful of times and he's just so self-deprecating in like the best, the best way. He's very funny and been around forever. And, and, but he doesn't dare to do the work. He cares about the work. We talk about the screen. We had a lot of scenes together and we kind of became this duo that grew out of, we didn't know that was, was going to happen. And we became this little like duo on the show. And so we'd really talk about like, okay, I'm going to do this and you do that. And like, he's just a really hard worker. He's very smart and he's, he's a writer and he knows what works and he always likes to make things better. And I learned a lot from him and I learned a lot from him uh, just watching him being on set and doing that. And I really, I had such a good time with him. We'd also just go in search of ceviche like all the time, <laughs> the best ceviche and, and the cast were so warm and welcoming because I was sort of in and out and they were very tight and, but they were all the best. And we had these wonderful dinners. You don't always have casts where everybody hangs out all the time, but I do think when you're on location, you become a family because you're away from your own families. And I had a wonderful time. It was, it was really great. And I got to have this experience that was just mine which after becoming a mom, my parents were so wonderful to help me and I didn't have to have any attention on Penelope or how she was doing. I knew it was all good. Yeah, and the show was just a really, I thought the show was really what was needed when it came out in the pandemic on ABC. I just, Mark really enjoyed it. Mark was a big fan. I love that show. <laughs> I love that show. Which you wouldn't expect because he loves his... I like like dark his, stuff, but I was talking about that show. I was just like, I need to see another one. <laughs> Yeah, it was really positive, and I think it represented the community. You really get a community feeling, though. You really get a warmth and a beautiful sense of culture. Yes. What was it like to work with Natalie Kelly? It was great. She's a hard worker too. I, I well, I learned so much about skincare from Natalie Kelly. <laughs> I like she does have beautiful I, every skin. Oh, she has beautiful skin. She was wonderful. We had so much fun. She likes to laugh. She likes to joke around. And we spent so much. I wish we had had more scenes together as besties. That was the only thing that I was like, oh, that was that would have been really nice. But the three of us, me, Dan, and Nat, always had a good time on set. It was always very light. And she's really welcoming. And she gave me a proper tea ceremony at her place, which was so beautiful. And yeah, she's really fun and lovely. And yeah, everyone was just a good time. There was a lot of dance. It was a lot of <laughs> dancing. Like I learned how to salsa and cha-cha and like I was just, it was, it was amazing. What did you learn about skincare? Oh gosh. Can you share? Well, well, Nat's just Sorry, really Mark. disciplined before I'll, I'll set. I'll check back in in about 20 minutes when she's <laughs> no, done. No, 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 wait. No, you I'm like joking, it. I'm joking. I meant as in you, I love... you've learned so much about skincare is what I mean. Well, just I give me the skincare. top line, top line. Yeah. One thing that we should all be doing apart from drinking more water. Well, yeah, water is huge. Well, SPF and water are just your okay. number ones. Literally, I'm shooting something right now and the director came up to me who I just met. He was like, you don't go to the beach, huh? <laughs> And I was like, I do not go to the beach. <laughs> if I am at the beach, I'm wearing like a, a lampshade. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty disciplined with, my, I'm very fair. And I like to, you know, I like to keep the way. Um, LED masks. We were always doing an LED mask. I like to sheet mask every morning now. Yeah, those were my main, but she comes in with all her tools. Like she has like the nurse Jamie face roller and she does a lot of gua sha and really does all of it before she goes to set and looks amazing. And yeah, so I was just like, wow, I'm going to get more disciplined with this every morning. Those would be my main things. Same. And then anything else you really want to know, everyone should follow Namvo on Instagram because she is like the queen of skincare to me. So, okay. Anyway, back to back to our regular programming. <laughs> no, I, I love that. Thank you. So Mark, you wrote and directed The Righteous, world premiere at Fantasia Festival yep. very soon in August. So tell me what it was like to write and direct and work with these amazing actors take it away walk us through where you got the idea and then the writing process well it was something i wanted to do before i wanted to act i wanted to direct and it's, it's hard to make a movie and it's also hard to make a movie when you're an actor because your focus is kind of on acting i mean i've written so many scripts it's not like you don't have time to write but you don't have time to beat the pavement and hustle all the time you're like i'm filming this other thing i have an audition tomorrow like and it's hard to just get it made in general any filmmaker will tell you that it's a miracle to get it done so we got the support of telefilm and the newfoundland labrador film development corporation and amazing and i've worked with this producer named mark o'neill who i've known for 15 years he was used to be a camera assistant and a great one and then he fell into producing and he's a friend of mine i was like i want to create a community here of a great group of people we can put together and we had a very small budget six hundred thousand dollars and we 
we had 15 days. I didn't know that when I was writing it, but I knew that we wouldn't get very much money because it's just, you know, it's hard. There's not that much money to go around. So I wanted to write something really contained and really something that I could lean into the artistic qualities and stuff outside of any kind of commercial thing because I only have $600,000. So why don't I be what we really are? And so tell something that's really intimate and really um, kind of go for it in style and flair. So it's shot in black and white. It's basically about an ex-priest who's facing the wrath of a vengeful god after a mysterious stranger comes to visit him and his wife. So it's very dark, sort of a psychological horror, I'd call it, uh, without any blood and guts. It's something that was personal to me in a different way. I kind of used the plot I just told you, or the tagline, I guess, in a way that that's sort of like a Trojan horse for what it's really about, which is about confronting yourself and being okay with yourself when and you can't keep things bottled up, basically. But I was really inspired, and still am, obviously, by the great filmmakers like Ingmar Bergman, Andre Tarkovsky, even today's Yorgos Lanthimos. What's your favorite do. Igmar Bergman movie? This has shades of Seven Seal, but I think I think I'd have to say Cries and Whispers. I just mm. love Cries and Whispers so much. I love those three actresses, and it's just so contained, and and it's about the past and confronting one another about those issues in the past. But this film kind of harkens back more to his kind of earlier works, I guess, kind of like Seven Seal in that way. That was a huge inspiration. But I also love Yorgos Lanthimos, and I and I kind of love uh, Robert Eggers, which like this sort of like um, psychological horror I find way more interesting than actual horror films i think there's a lot more there it's like the thought of what's around the corner as opposed to the blood that's around the corner but the good ones end up being very philosophical yeah yeah exactly which and that's is what really, i love about me too it leaves you with something to think about it's just i never loved horror movies growing up i don't like gratuity and stuff like that unless it makes sense unless it's like that's what the movie's about like when logan came out i was like yeah there should be a lot of blood in a movie about a guy who has blades in his hands um, you know what i mean <laughs> if it makes sense but i always love the idea of the thought of things is scarier than the actual thing and and the, oh, the like idea that. of dread, I think, is really interesting. Dread is scary. Someone being cut up is not scary. It's disgusting. So that's kind of where my tendencies lies. So that's kind of what the film is about. And I worked with Henry Cherney on Ready or Not, a movie I did a few years ago. And I just loved him. We got along so well. He's a wonderful guy. There's something meta about it, too, in the sense that he did a film in Newfoundland called The Boys of St. Vincent, which was a seminal film, which he was absolutely incredible in. And he played a priest in that. And in this, he plays an ex-priest. And I, I just like that idea. And he's a wonderful actor and a wonderful person and Mimi Kuzik is someone who I'd known for a while and I wrote it for her Kate Corbett who's a, a friend of mine also from Newfoundland she's in it as well I wrote it with her in mind and Mako Naguyan who's a friend of ours as well all these are Jordina's friends as well and then the DP is a buddy of mine Scott McClellan I've known for 15 years our production designer and we had the most fun I've ever had and we did 15 days we went into overtime only like twice and that's not to compliment myself that's to compliment the production everyone just enjoyed it and Georgina and Penelope were there for about 10 days or two weeks of it and I would come home it was freezing cold it was December in Newfoundland and I'm in the movie too and I'd come home at 10 o'clock and it was so cold from all day and, and exhausted and then Georgina would order me food and have it there for me and then I'd go over the lines for the next day in the shot list and go to work the next day and I was not sleeping at all and Georgina would say she was like I've never seen you happier because I was like I have my family here I'm home in Newfoundland and I'm yeah. creating something I believe in and to be honest at the end of the day when we edited and put it together I don't know if it's good or bad but when I watch it it's the exact movie I wanted to make and wow. so that makes me happy that I'm like it's a movie I want to make thanks and people might hate it <laughs> but it's like I don't care that's actually that's out of I, your hands at that point though right? I just want a reaction I just want someone to be like yeah it affected me to some degree yeah like mm -hmm. so how I'm will we be excited. able to see it do you know yet i think with well fantasia is virtual because of the pandemic so i think they're okay. doing like you can yeah you can watch it online within a 24-hour window okay so i'll put like the that. link for that in the show notes yeah yeah i'm not okay, sure great. of how they're doing it and then we're doing other festivals and i don't know when new... we okay. do have a, a distributor and stuff like that so all that's kind of being figured out right now but fantasia is kind of the focus for now tell us about blue bayou blue bayou is premiering can in like a, a week or something which is really cool so i met justin chan who's the writer director and star my agent set it up and so i met with him and i read his script and i thought it was brilliant it's basically about immigration today and more about mm -hmm. that is about people that are getting kicked out of the country who've lived here for a long time which happens through some loopholes in the system there's nothing they can do about it can you tell us who's in the movie so it's justin chan myself and alicia vikander and some other great actors as well lynn dam fam emery cohen from brooklyn the movie brooklyn and <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> yeah he's just from brooklyn <laughs> 
that's my that's my press point on it. So I met with him and I loved it. And then I met Alicia and she was just wonderful. And we shot in New Orleans. You'd never think we had so much fun when you watched the movie. We all hung out all the time, every other night. It was a great experience. And I saw the film. It's so emotional and it's so timely. And there's a scene in it that's so emotional that every take, every background actor and every actor cried on the set in every take. And there were a lot of people there. It was that emotional. And when I saw the film, I cried. I, honest to God, I did. I, I bawled. I can't wait to see it. And Justin just nailed it. And I was so happy for him and for the film that it got into Cannes because it deserves it. And I think it's going to do quite well. It's been picked up and it's getting a really nice distribution right now And from Cannes. Alicia is incredible and, and she's established herself time and time again. And she's a wonderful person. And this is only going to do more for her probably. But for Justin, this is really going to be a rocket ship for him and he deserves every bit of it. Wow. Can you tell us about your character, Ace? Yeah, I play uh, Alicia's... Sorry, um, I, just, I just want to tell the listeners that you have a pivotal role. And sure. that your role is incredibly moving, I've heard, and gut-wrenching, and you're part of some of the most impactful moments in the movie. So I just want to open sure, with that sure. before you go into your Ace, the police officer role that you had. I play Alicia's ex-husband, and we share okay. a child together. And she's now with Justin Chan's character, Antonio. And they have a child together. And I, I haven't seen my child at all. Like, she's... You, we've broken up, and we don't know why. The audience doesn't know why, but, but I just want to see my daughter. And at the same time, Antonio has done some criminal activity and I'm a cop. So you can see the conflict there within the three mm -hmm. of us. So basically the whole film is I'm trying to figure this out to see my daughter. At the same time, they're trying to figure out how he can stay in the country. So the interdynamics of that family wise and with bureaucracy as well involved is really interesting. And it is pretty heartbreaking. And at the time, you know, I had a small child and it was emotional to think about and to do and to go every day and, and do some of those scenes. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And Georgina, do you have any projects yeah. that are coming up for you that you would like to talk about? Oh, what are you working uh, on? One of my favorite things I did, I just did an episode of Rebel and that was really, really fun, but that's already come out. And right now I'm just shooting something on CSI Vegas. CSI Vegas is just coming back. They have a new team and I'm in the middle of shooting that right now. There's nothing I can say that wouldn't be revealing. <laughs> is there anything else that you would want listeners to know? It's okay to marry an actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can do it yeah i totally yeah that's and it's that's okay to have a baby and still have a career and it's okay yeah. to spend time with your family and friends instead of working and still have a career and your career mm -hmm. is going to happen in whatever way it's going to happen and you can't focus on it just enjoy your life be around the people you love don't work with jerks and if you meet a jerk stay away from them and garner a good <laughs> community of good people and it's going to happen in the way it's going to happen and don't stress out and it's okay to want to have dinner at 6 p.m. and not 9. Yes! <laughs> oh, my God. My husband and I always <laughs> joke about Marty Seinfeld. Look who's eating at 4 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just I can't. When someone's like 9, I'm like, what's everybody doing? What's everyone <laughs> eating between 1 p.m. and 8.30? What are you eating? Aren't you hungry? No, no more 9 o'clock dinners. <laughs> I forgot to ask you your proposal and wedding story. Mark, you should start because you would have bought the ring. And Well, we were only together a year. And so I bought the ring, but I couldn't have it shipped to our place, obviously. So I had it shipped to my sister's place. And then we went to New York. It was our both of our first times going to New York for New Year's. And so I planned, I'd never been to New York City. So I was like, oh, I know, like one day we're walking around and I'll just like surprise her, like, <laughs> like down an alleyway where no one's looking, which like New York City, Manhattan is not exactly like that. So I was like, when I got there, I was like, I'm going to have to switch tactics here very quickly. So we were like in the hotel room and, uh, and I, <laughs> I, I was like, hey, there's some mints in my jacket pocket. No, 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 me? no. You're missing all of it. <laughs> oh, then you tell it. You should tell it. Oh, oh, well, basically what happened was, I'm gonna, we're gonna be a little TMI. So I, it was New Year's, so I had my own plan, because it was New Year's in New York. I like to write out kind of like yearly goals, you know, like what I would like to happen in that coming year, and so we were writing that out together, and, and I was, you know, on that, I was like, well, engaged would be, would be great. Um, I'm not, I'm not quiet about what I want. I had bought lingerie. Now, do you remember, Mark? <laughs> yes, I do. I wasn't sure if you wanted to tell us part. Oh, well, I'll, I'll just be open. I bought lingerie because people do that, whatever. And I could not get, I was in the bathroom and I could not get 
those garter things on like those clippy things for some reason just were not so i was in there forever and i think mark was outside waiting to propose right yeah and i was like what the hell is she doing in the bathroom so long so it was like i came out and then mark thought maybe i wasn't feeling well or whatever <laughs> and um he was like do you want to dance or whatever not like not like club dancing like, you know, we sometimes dance at home to like old school music and, you know, stuff like that. So we, and then um, I was like, he was like, I have to go to the bathroom. And then I remembered I had left all the Victoria's Secret packaging. I was like, no, you can't go in the bathroom. And he's like, well, I have to go to the bathroom. And this was a part of his plan, wasn't it? Yeah, to distract you, yeah. So I was like, no, you can't go. So then he's trying to do his plan, which is very odd plan, but whatever. And I'm like, no, you can't go because of this. And I reveal, I was wearing like, you know, the hotel gown. I was like, here's my lingerie. And Mark goes, oh, that's great. I have to go to the bathroom. And I was like, excuse me, like totally, you know what I mean? Rejected. (laughs) And um, Mark goes, Mark goes, no, I got to go. And I was like, oh God. So he goes in and there's mirrors like across the whole side of the, the room. And we're at the Bowery Hotel. And I hear him go, can you get mints from my jacket pocket? And I go, mints? Like, it's 10 o'clock at night. Now, Mark does eat a lot of mints. It's not super weird, but I was kind of, like, huffy (laughs) because I feel like I've been rejected, and he's trying to do something else, and we're totally at odds. And then I put my hand in the jacket pocket. When I'm putting my hand in, I can kind of see him, like, with his head sort of sticking around the corner because of the mirrors that are on the wall, (laughs) kind of just waiting. And then I obviously felt the ring box, and then, yeah. And then you turn around, and I was on my knee, and we did the whole thing. And then, <laughs> and then when it happened, we were really hungry, so we ordered food and some champagne. And then, like the guy came up to the room for room service. We were like, "We just got engaged." He was like, "Yeah, okay. Anyway, here's your bill." <laughs> <laughs> like how many um, people get engaged on New Year's Eve in New York? I mean, probably. Yeah, I think he was probably like, "God, I assumed you were getting engaged." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was that. She said, yes. It was a bit of a mess, but in the best kind of way. Yeah. That's such a great story. And then, how was your wedding? Our wedding was perfect. It was- it was great. It was in winter in Toronto, which, you know, some people might be like, oh, my gosh. But um, winter time is December, January is the easiest time for us um, industry wise. So we thought, well, why don't we do early January? Because it's the safest time to do it. Yeah, we got married at the Drake Hotel. Have you ever been there in Toronto? I haven't. I've only heard of it. It's a fun kind of it's a boutique hotel, but it's really cool inside. And it has so much character that we didn't really have to, like, dress the place. You know, it's it's got a lot of right. cool stuff. And a great wedding coordinator, Ashley. I'm not sure she's there anymore. It was awesome and took over the whole hotel and the, the top patio has these awesome like fire pits and we did all the photos there. We kept it simple, but we got married at six o'clock at night or seven by the time everybody arrived. And then it was just a and dance party because we didn't, we didn't do really sit down. Sit down, yeah. We um, wanted everyone to be able to do what they wanted and not be stuck at a table that they didn't want to be at. And like food just come around constantly, like all night, just all these different things. And there were tables for obviously people to sit, but it was, it was just like a big party. It was just a dance party. And we had a, we had, yeah, the dancing never stopped. Once the DJ, DJ Dougie Boom in Toronto, he's pretty great. <laughs> Once he started, that was it. And it was also the day that the NHL lockout ended oh, that's back a good day. in 20, yeah, in 2013. So I remember that day it ended. And so I inquired incorporated into my vows as well <laughs> um, oh gosh yeah um it was but, in his uh, promises he said i promise to always be by your side and i was like oh that's so sweet and then he'd say except now that now the you wrote back, them yeah. i can't now that hockey's yeah back, i was like I except for when the just... habs are playing now that hockey's back <laughs> so, that is priceless yeah and it, no it was perfect and then i remember we went back we were so tired by the time we were going to our room and I remember there was partying happening in other rooms from our guests. And so we called down and complained. (laughs) (laughs) And then I remember the front desk being like, do you want them to know it's you complaining? And we were like, yes, actually. Yeah. I think that would be like the bride. (laughs) That'll shut them up. Yeah. So it was really fun. It was perfect. I love that. The bride wants you to shut up, which is really yeah. funny. What a, what a party pooper I am. I know. So fun. And then, Mark, I just wanted to give you a chance to tell us about what it was like to be on the set with Noah Baumbach and Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Um, no, it was great. One of I my mean, favorite movies I've seen in the last few years. Well, I'll tell you, I was, I was very excited. I've been a fan of Noah Baumbach since Squid and the Whale. And then you, you go back and watch his mm-hmm. kicking and screaming and stuff. But I like all of his films and... It was great. I mean, I was in that movie a lot more than what ended up being the final cut, which I kind of knew that it was a very long script. Noah's very dialogue heavy. 
So you kind of, I kind of knew it going in. I was like, I think a lot of these scenes might get ditched in the end because it was a bit of a bigger part. But it was funny because as much as that's, that happens to every actor, every episode of a TV show you do, you normally have a scene cut, to be honest. A lot of people don't know that. I don't think that how often that happens. And at the end of the day, I was like, I'm in the last scene of the movie. <laughs> they got to keep me in the end. And the reason why I say that is because as much as that's like sort of a downer, it didn't matter because it was such a good movie. I was just like, I'm just in it. I can't believe I'm even in it. So who cares how much I end up in the at the end of the day? And Noah is like, like the funniest, most charming guy in the world. And like, it's like really like just a put together guy who is so in tune with how people talk and he's so specific about it. And I love working with him and just so funny. He's just extremely funny in a very kind of a dry, kind of deadpan kind of way. And and Scarlett, uh, the day I met her because I played her boyfriend, she was the first day I met her. We chatted for about an hour and, and just got along right away. And she had a her daughter was around our daughter's age. So we would chat about that every other day and just a professional. And, and you know what? Every time since then, every time I see here Scarlett Johansson in an interview or something, I would just think she has a lot of integrity. And every time I hear something she says in an interview, it really relates to the person I met, which makes you think like they really are who they are. There's no nothing put on with her, I don't think. And and I'm so happy to see like Black Widow doing so good. And, and the fact that she's someone whose career is never going to stop because she's such a strong actress and such a, a strong person. I'm saying that as in like, good for her. It's like she's the yeah. highest grossing actress of all time. But but at the same time, those things can <laughs> fall down quickly. And with someone like that, it's, there's so much confidence in her doing exactly what she's doing and even more as long as her career goes on. And Adam, same thing, just a really sweet guy. Like he almost might take him to be kind of quirky based on his performances and whatnot. But he's actually just a really sweet, easygoing guy. Really easygoing, really calm and really, really kind. It was a really sweet place to be. I was just so excited to be around those people and so proud of the products. And then it came out on Criterion, which I was very excited about. <laughs> wow. And yeah. it was Greta Gerwig ever on set? No, I never saw Greta Gerwig. I was there one day with Laura Dern, which was a treat because she's, oh my um, God. What she's a so wonderful. And yeah, and she's so sweet too. Uh, she's Oscar great. Oscar winner for the role. Yeah, yeah, my God, like that's so cool that I was even shared a day with her at all, and that she won an Oscar for that. It was a I really feel like cool she's cast. Just like her persona as well. Like, there's no. She is, you know, that big smile like that yeah. she has. That's what she's like. Like, it's really curious. Warm and, is she and, very curious? No, she's very just like open. hi, like just really sweet, yeah. just like excited to see everybody, and like you know what I mean. For someone who grew up in the business with two yeah. famous actor parents, like. She just seemed excited to be there. I was there the day she rapped, actually. Okay. And she was just, like, really happy to have done the work and um, and just a, a really sweet human being. I think Noah, Noah clearly knows how to pick them. I was in heaven talking to Georgina and Mark. They are such a riot. I love their discipline, their passion, their outlook on life and parenting. I could chat with them all day. You can get your tickets to The Righteous, that's Mark's directorial debut at the Fantasia Film Festival screening August 15th and 18th in the link in the show notes. Blue Bayou starring Alicia Vikander comes out September 17th in the US. I can't wait to see this movie. It sounds really beautiful and important. The CSI Vegas reboot is set to air October 6th, so stay tuned and you can get more updates from these two amazing actors by following at Mark O'Brien for real and at Georgina Riley. Thank you both so much for being on the show and I wish you so much luck with your future projects and please come back. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. If you enjoy Flip Flops, hit follow to get episode updates and please share this episode with your friends and on social media. Send me a note. I love when you do that. Have a good one.